Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that I am about to discuss are of interest to you, you can learn more by visiting blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we link to all the articles that I am about to discuss. Anyway, let's jump into our first story, LGBT centers may produce health benefit. Researchers found that LGBT youth who participate in LGBTQ community organizations, like local LGBT centers, are more likely to have good mental health and less likely to engage in substance use compared to LGBT youth who do not participate in such organizations. The press release actually discussed um, the work of LGBT Centerlink, which is the parent of HealthLink um, that produces this podcast. And uh, the LGBT Youth Link program works specifically to build the capacity of LGBT community centers to serve LGBT youth. So um, a really great article, one that hit home for us here at HealthLink, um, and a good reminder that for LGBT youth, you know, we often talk about all of the health disparities and challenges that the population is facing, um, but there's also, you know, a lot of resilience in the community and a lot of strength, and uh, sometimes all these youth need is to find some peers, some adult mentors, um, to help them get through the tougher times and connect to the resources that they need. So on that note, if you're interested in finding an LGBT center near you, either for yourself or for youth who may be in your lives, um, check out uh, Centerlink's website, which is lgbtcenters.org. They have a directory of all of the centers in the U.S. and even some abroad. Next up, marriage and by health. Researchers unpacked recent findings that bisexual folks who were married or living with a same-sex partner were more than twice as likely to report good health and 61% uh, less likely to report functional limitations compared to those who were married or living with a different sex partner. So in other words, bi folks who were with a same-sex partner tended to be healthier than bi folks who were with a different sex partner. Now, this is different than the results for um, gay, lesbian, and heterosexual folks who typically found uh, better health uh, in general when they were married or or living with a a partner. Um, And very troubling, you know, the authors say that uh, this most likely has to do with the stigma that faces bisexual people, um, especially those who are in a different sex uh, uh, partnership, um, compared with those who are in a same-sex partnership, um, which, you know, may be a little bit more uh, open towards their, their bisexual identity. And our next story continues the topic of bisexual health, how bi-plus people can take charge of their health. Uh, Harvard Health explored the challenges facing bisexual plus people, including bi-invisibility, which is, you know, how we generally describe the fact that bi people are often excluded from data, from the media, um, from conversation, and from the community um, of LGBT folks uh, in general. Um, as well as bias facing bi people, uh, that happens even within the LGBT community. The author of the piece says that two things that bi folks can do to improve their health is to find a social network of um, other bisexual people for support, um, and also to be open with health providers about their identities. 
Of course, that can be easier said than done. Not all providers are particularly welcoming or affirming. So, of course, for those who are able, they should try to find a provider uh, who they can come out to, which can sometimes mean ditching their current provider. But obviously, that's not um, an option for everyone, which is why it's so important to increase the number of competent providers. Next up, HPV and the age of PrEP. A study examined HPV risk among queer men in France who use PrEP for HIV prevention. Receptive anal intercourse without a condom was the factor most associated with an increased risk for anal HPV infection. A potential warning sign for those who use PrEP to prevent HIV, but who are not using condoms or some other means of risk reduction to prevent other STIs. Having less than 10 partners in the past year was associated with a reduced risk for anal HPV infection. So HPV, very serious, uh, can cause cancer, um, something that's not as discussed in the LGBT community as other diseases, um, but something really important and something that can be overlooked when you know our focus is often on PrEP, which is great, a wonderful way to prevent HIV, um, but it doesn't prevent uh, other uh, infections from spreading, including HPV. And now our next story, Improving Substance Use Prevention. Trust for America's Health published a report that found substance youth and mental health disparities among LGBT youth. They call for more funding for substance use prevention, particularly uh, funding that um, supports programs that use a cross-sectional approach. They also call for reaching youth who may be at a lower risk in any given moment, but who nonetheless could face a higher risk down the line. And they talk about kind of the prevention paradox um, and the idea that, you know, we can't always focus on just those who are of higher risk because a lot of folks who are of somewhat lower risk um, could be moving in and out of that high risk group. And so we really need more prevention in general. Definitely an interesting uh, report to check out. And now our last story of the week, addressing gender-based violence. Center for American Progress published a report on how to address gender-based violence in the U.S. The report sought to take a wide view of what comprises gender-based violence, um, looking at aspects of gender identity and expression rather than just sex, and really looking at all forms of violence that are involved in, related to, um, or you know, desperately impact based on gender. The authors call for collective action to end what they uh, refer to as the culture of power that represses women and gender minorities, including trans and non-binary folks. Well, that does it for this week's edition of The Roundup. Definitely some great um, reports uh, out this week that um, obviously have a lot more information than we can cover in a quick podcast So if you're interested in uh, accessing those and reading more, I'd encourage you to visit blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we will link to the full text of um, all of those reports and um, at least as much of the full text of the research as we can. Um, So thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you will do so again next week and have a great week until then.